When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. He's back, Eric Anderson, editor in chief at Award Watch. Long time no Zoom, my friend. How are you? It's been a minute. Uh, yeah, I know. We've we've had multiple festivals now since the last time we talked. Exactly. Award season is in full swing. Several major festivals have come and gone. You've been to Telluride and Toronto. I've been to Venice. New York is on now. We have a pretty good idea of how Oscar season is looking. And over at Awards Watch, you are just updating frequently your predictions headquarters over there. And this is what I thought we'd do if it's all right with you. I want to run mm-hmm. through some of your big categories. Um, we can talk about your top predictions and that way get into what we think of the movies and, and where we are. That does sound good. I'm in just started doing October now and and breaking out of the the top tier, the top eight categories and uh, getting into the technical. So song and score are out uh editing cinematography all that's going to to be out for october and then we'll see what is different this month from last month in those top categories because i think there's some some changes afoot of course you guys all know the listeners you have to go into awardswatch.com under predictions there you'll see Every single category keeps getting updated. It's the best of the best. So I want to start with Best Actress because that's such a interesting category it's become. So I'll just read your latest predictions that you have up in order. You have Kate Blanchett for Tar, Michelle Yeoh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light and Danielle Deadweiler for Till. What a group. It is. So this this was September predictions. And so this was right after I had seen Tar at uh, Telluride. And then right after they announced that Michelle Williams was going to be push lead. I had actually done my predictions and for supporting and for lead in the day after was that announcement so i scurried back and 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 made changes and let me explain that so michelle williams everyone was supposing that she was going to be in supporting she's in steven spielberg's the fablemans plays his mother or in, in the fictionalized version his mother and then all of a sudden they announced that they are going for lead actress which because this group is a pretty difficult group to, I mean, she's putting herself in a situation where there's a lot of big names. Um, why did they make this decision, do you think? I I mean, I love that they made the decision. I know it costs a lot of rancor and, and ire among people because, you know, they, they thought they had things figured out. I thought, you know, I had supporting actress figured out. It was a pretty straight shot for, for Williams uh, there. And, and Best Actress has become an extremely competitive category. So I feel like it was completely based on feeling and deserving and and everything that is kind of not really awards based. Yes, you kind of you have to position yourself and you know the academy or the like the golden globes can really kind of put you anywhere they want to put you. So I I had a lot of respect for the decision and it really could have gone either way. She could be lead. She could be supporting. One of the things that's interesting and and nice with that is that women who play mothers tend not to be lead actress. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's like, yeah, like I said, either would have been fine. She she's at the beginning of the film. She's heavily in the middle of the film uh, when the the character playing the the stand-in for Steven Spielberg goes from child to teenager. That actor changes, but she's still there. She's still the same. 
she has a little bit less to do in the third act, but she is a, she's the heartbeat of the film for the most part. And for him, it's very much about her. He really gives and takes a lot of time with his mother as a, as a character and a person. Yeah, she was a strong presence in his life. But competing with Kate Blanchett and Tar, now we both have seen Tar. This is, I just think, an absolutely spectacular performance. I mean, Kate Blanchett always does spectacular performance, but this is something else. I mean, not only has she learned German and is playing a conductor and is an ambiguous character in the middle of a Me Too scandal herself. Um, I know people have compared it sort of Raging Bull, De Niro. I can't see anyone beating that. I mean, if if it were up to critics, yeah, because she will probably, you know, be pretty popular there. And, you know, if we're talking about screen time, <laughs> Kate Blanchett is literally and I use the term literally, quite literally, <laughs> in every single scene of the two hours and 40 minutes. There is no scene that she is not in at all. It is her film. It is a performance that, you know, for somebody that has had as many accolades uh, as she has had and great performances, that you just are marveled that somebody can continue to to top themselves. This is just in a completely different place and space than kind of anything that's that's going on. And it's also, a, I guess, not non-traditional Oscar performance because we've kind of seen things like this, usually from men. But for a woman, it is, I think. For a woman, um, it is. It's very different in, in that regard. She's not a likable character for the most part. Talk about that in general with Tar. I mean, do you think this will divide? It is kind of a cold, difficult movie also. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. I don't think that it will. Because even I went into it with a little bit of caution. You know, I'm, I'm not extremely well-versed in the composing world <laughs> and the conducting world. So I, I did feel like it was going to, you know, be smarter than me and, and a little over my head. And I would just kind of have to get in where I could get in. And I never felt like that. It was both. It was both completely accessible and so absolutely high level intelligent. But I, I never felt lost. I never felt remote. And it's so intense. It's just so fascinating. My heart would go pitter pat if Michelle Yeoh would win. What a performer, what a great performance in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm surprised you have it at number two. Uh, she was number one last month. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the, the month before, in, in August, um, uh, I had I had her at, at number one, I think just for a month, and that was before t Tar, because there is before Tar and Aftar right now. <laughs> That's all there is. And Tartar um, for dinner. And Tartar. Um, but it's, I, I think, I think the thing with, with Yo is the film is a, is a huge success and it definitely needed to be a success to kind of keep, uh, attention on it. And, and Yo is for a movie that came out in March, she is getting awards and accolades all throughout the year. She has more coming all the way through January. So the, the path is there for her. Um, she is absolutely a veteran that has never received any type of Oscar attention before. Probably got a, a little bit close, but not very, very close, like with Crouching Tiger. But also, there are a lot of narratives this year that are veterans and comebacks and things like that. And not every narrative can work. It, it can't all land. Um, A24 has... Brendan Fraser over in The Whale and Best Actor, and they have Michelle Yeoh here. They have to be extremely careful and smart with how they campaign because they haven't been that great with juggling multiple campaigns. Mm -hmm. They're doing well so far because Fraser's also getting tons and tons of awards. But I, I think there's a path for Yeoh. I think there's a path for of the people on 
my top five for September, which might be different for October. I have not seen Till, but I hear that Danielle I just saw it last Deadweiler. night. Oh, really? Tell me. She is. I'm going to... I'm a, I was a little less enthusiastic as I've seen others. But I think there's absolutely a path for her. And there and she has a narrative too that is uh, a pretty huge one. So there there's absolutely a path for her. What's that narrative? Um just that only one black actress has ever won best actress. We're 20, you know, 2 years past that. I think that could carry her. It is a very big performance, too. Anyone else here before we move on that you're thinking will be moved up in October? Um, I, I'm not sure. It's, I'm not sure, but it, this, this might remain my top five for quite a while mm-hmm. because it's hard to, to look at of Olivia Coleman and also a towering performance in Empire Blight major performance um it's hard to see her miss it's hard to see any of these five miss but that's that's not about you know my ability to predict it's just about <laughs> what it, it feels like it's going to be but you know naomi aki i think has a lot of potential maybe viola davis not as much as as maybe i, I thought before anna Darmus is out right i mean after seeing the movie and the reception to it i think it's going to be a bigger struggle than say like Kristen Stewart and Spencer last year this is this is a bigger pearl to swallow uh than Spencer last year Literally. um <laughs> yeah uh I I think it's gonna be very tough let's move on to your latest predictions for actor then um your top five at the moment are Brendan Fraser for The Whale Austin Butler Elvis Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Hugh Jackman The Sun and Diego Calva for Babylon Brendan Fraser I thought he was absolutely amazing I'm so taken by his performance in The Whale so for me I'm I'm sold <laughs> Just reading his comeback story, seeing him so emotional, getting all these um, standing ovations around the world at different festivals. I just think it's that's a narrative to contend with, right? Yeah, that is a narrative that just does not have any type of competition in this category. It's, um, I mean, The Whale is also a, a difficult watch, but I, <laughs> I have a really hard time seeing anyone being able to break through that at all it's um it's everything that the oscars really do like when they do build a narrative but the narrative is also being built for them and the oscars can be really really uh touchy about that about being told what to vote for being versus kind of doing what they want to do this narrative's been in place all year. I mean, well before the season started, way back in spring. It's like when you talked about Brad Pitt last time. You just that was just kept going and going, and that train did not stop. It yeah. I mean, Laura Dern was the same way, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes people can't get past like a performance or outside things to be able to really see what an Oscar path looks like. Uh, and certainly for like Dern and Pitt and their wins, that was it. There was nothing, there was nothing on the sides that was going to uh, get in the way of that. And I think Frazier is that more than any category, more than any performance. And it's, yeah, I would be, I would be just so shocked for it not to happen. Is there a chance that there's going to be a lot of think pieces come December when the whale comes out about, you know, uh, obesity and how that the film is called the whale or the play is called the whale. And, and that I've already been reading that he, you know, that they didn't use an, um, an act, I mean, that he's not gay and all these things that come up. Do you think that will topple the narrative or? I, I, I don't think it will topple it, but I do think that there will be some, very active voices of dissent in it. I mean, there already has been for people that haven't even seen the film. They just are looking at it at a surface level. Uh, and, you know, good luck to them. 
Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> I was really affected by the sort of addiction narrative. I thought it was really, really incredible. So, but I can still see these think pieces coming. It's it's going to happen. It will happen in um, in in some reviews, and and I think some of it, you know, comes from a good place. I think it's coming from a a proper place of multiple types of representation. But I think a, I think a lot are going to come from a uh, a much less altruistic place, <clears throat> in that we are in an era of of how how people are represented on screen and who gets to represent them which is a fascinating and important and ongoing discussion um but people do treat it like it's black and white like it's only one or the other like you had to cast a 600 pound man for this role and all of the things that that come with that uh which is weird because you know there's these popular reality shows on tv like my 500 pound life where people watch these struggles as a form of entertainment mm -hmm. and then on the other side of their mouth they're like you know this is this is totally improper and you know we should be looking at how we cast things it's if if you're not looking at everything on its own and everything is is only one thing you're you're missing every possible nuance and and opportunity and i'm so happy to see austin butler as elvis here still that felt like we did not know how that was gonna go waiting for that movie to come and and another biopic and he's hanging on and he was amazing so yeah and i i i think the film being a, a success was crucial that had to happen and also a a relatively leak <laughs> best actor category it's pretty it's one of the things that benefits Frazier so much there's mm -hmm. just not a lot of real competition but what there definitely is this year are first timers there's not a lot of returning winners and previous nominees right which is a fascinating thing for this category we haven't had uh a top five in best actor that are all brand new first time nominees since the early 30s, since the beginning of the Oscars. Wow. This is a category that, and most do, that likes some familiarity mixed with first timers. Now, The Banshees of Inisherin was is one of my favorite movies. It's tremendous. Those who haven't seen it, it's just this little parable about two old friends while one friend suddenly says, I don't want to be friends anymore. Brendan Gleeson and, and Colin Farrell, who are repeating their In Bruges with Martin McDonough as, as director. And it just sort of becomes this story of friendship, toxic masculinity, fighting, war. There's all these things packed into this little poem of a movie. We'll see it in other places too, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely screenplay. It's a, tr a tremendous screenplay. Uh, Carrie Condon, supporting actress. Brendan Gleeson, supporting actor. I think those are all very possible, very realistic. Score, my God, Carter Burwell's score is phenomenal. Oh. The cinematography is gorgeous, thanks to the incredible location. Um, yeah, so I, I think it... I think it could get uh, a handful of those. I know that the the FYC site on Searchlight isn't listing the song that Brendan Gleeson has in it. So I don't know if that is eligible or not. We'll find out in December. We'll probably find out sooner than that, but that would be kind of fun. Um, Colin Farrell, my God. My goodness. So good. I mean, that... that if if it wouldn't be for Brendan Fraser, I would I he would be my top choice in this one. I just yeah, I think he will probably move up to number two for me for October. Um, just a beautiful, vulnerable performance. My God, the, his eyebrows deserve a supporting actor nomination <laughs> by themselves because they're amazing. Um, and and as much as I love Brendan Gleeson in this. I want Barry Cohen to get in because, oh my God, he was heartbreaking. Yeah, I, 
it's such an unexpecting movie. It has the strangest type of pathos and gore. There is a little bit There is a little in bit this of gore. that is not what you're expecting. <clears throat> and it's so weird and kind of off-putting. But, you know, again, it feels more like a fable than... Exactly. Than it makes you think about all, you know, how things can end up like this. And, and um, it was so surprising, too, because even if we're telling you what it's about, you... You really don't know what it's about until you see it and experience it. Um, it really is a beautiful little movie. Yeah. Do you think anyone will be moving around in your list here? Um. Yeah. Possible. Well, I, I mean, again, like I said, it's just such a, it's a tough list. I don't know how Babylon is gonna really fare this year. This is Damien Giselle's huge movie about the golden age of Hollywood where I think ev another movie like Amsterdam where everyone's in it's Brad Pitt and, and Diego Calva. People are predicting him on the basis of, or what is your... He's Because he's the lead, because it is a big studio film from Damien Giselle and, you know, feels like an Oscar comeback after First Man doing so poorly. Um... But yeah, I'm just, I mean, it's not that Amsterdam's failure is having a huge impact, but there is something that just is starting to feel off yeah, about I it. Agree. I can't put my finger on it yet, but it has been sort of dropping month to month for me. That is also a movie that it costs like $100 million. It's going to have a staggered release. So it's going to, it'll be difficult to see if it's a success or not until pretty late. And I think this is a movie that needs to be a success to be able to to, to place here. And that, that completely impacts Diego Calva, um, if, if that's the case. But then you start looking outside and around that, and you have uh, Daniel Jimenez Cacho from Bardo. A lot of people are very um, soft on Bardo now after the reviews from Telluride and Venice. I'm a little less so. Uh, Bill Nye from Living. Have you seen it edited, Bardo? Because I saw the long version. I saw the long version. Tell you right, I'm seeing the edited version this week. Okay, I'm interested in hearing what, what you think about the edited Me version. Me too. 22 minutes is really long. Because That's I said that in my, in my first review of that, I said there is a good movie in here. I'm hoping that the stuff that's edited is the stuff that I thought was the good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I said the same thing. I really loved it as it was, but I also said I think you could take five minutes out of several here sequences and and get it somewhere good. Um, I do know that my favorite sequence in the movie is untouched. Oh, good. That, Completely that. untouched, which is great. So, yeah. So, you know, I think it'll be now like two hours and 30 minutes, which is long, but like kind of, it might just hit the, the sweet spot. Right. And you still think Hugh Jackman is, is... Yeah. And I mean, one of the reasons is because he he's the only top contender that has been nominated before. Um, so he sort of feels like the he's the the name check so that it's not all first timers. It's not that it can't be. I mean, records and statistics fall every year. Um, but we've got Jackman, um, Adam Driver, Tom Hanks, if that Man Called Auto movie actually ever comes out, if it's real or not. It uh, is. It already has a date and everything. It has a date, but there hasn't been a picture, a trailer, nothing. There's <laughs> nothing from it at all. Nothing. And I'm, I'm like, what's going on here? And then, of course, there's Will Smith. Yes, let's talk about this. So Will Smith, post-slap heard around the world, he left the Academy. He will not be able to go to the awards but he can be nominated everyone was questioning whether apple would release this movie that he's made emancipation and they are they're releasing it which means that there are i'm supposing um chances for him to be nominated what what do you think i think there definitely are and uh I, i'm sure i will put him up in the in the rankings yeah it, he can't do academy events um, it's still uh, up in the air of what Screen Actors Guild is doing with him because they 
said they were having this big meeting of what to do. And this is way back in April. There's been nothing. There's been okay. nothing at all of whether he can even attend or how any of that works. And I think we also, we always have to make sure and step outside of Twitter bubbles and all of the bubbles that we're in because things are not, that's, that isn't the, the real world, the real world being the Oscar world. That isn't necessarily how, how things are. So I think that. But I'm happy it's for tough. this movie. Yeah, I'm happy for the people who worked. There's so much devotion and love put into this movie. It's an important movie. And I'm happy for them to get this release. Do you think they'll be able to sort of work around him and really give the movie itself the push that it would need? Or is this going to take the focus? I, I think they're going to do the best that they can. Apple is coming off of a surprise best picture win that they yeah that they didn't you know see coming and and now they they the 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 scrutiny is going to be on them to see what they can do to to actually mount like a an awards campaign they'll have much more next year to do with you know the napoleon and killers of the flower moon but this is going to be a bit of a testing ground and an extremely extremely difficult one because of of everything surrounding Will Smith. I did think they did have a, a a screening a couple of weeks ago, but I did think that they probably should have premiered the film in AFI and should have found a space for it there. Um, because? <clears throat> because it is LA-based. I think it would be a safe place <laughs> for, for Smith to be and to to have his film um they had king richard there so i mean that was a bit of a surprise so they're 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 hedging their bets i think i think they're being very careful uh not to put him in too much of a public sphere how do you feel about it should he be nominated uh, <laughs> um in principle i mean i have neither you and i have i, I think none of us have seen the movie so just in no I'm 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 very torn on it because I do come at it from the point of view that the Screen Actors Guild did when they gave their statement where this is essentially workplace violence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and I I think the thing that kind of keeps getting missed from people that are upset with like the 10-year ban that he got uh but they're then they're they're questioning all of the the people that have been involved in various Me Too style uh, allegations and everything in between. And I think the thing that 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 people are missing the most is that when we're talking about anything, whether it's Brad Pitt who's going through his own serious thing now, or Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey or whoever it might be. These are all things that did not happen in the public eye the way that they did at the Oscars. So there is no, um, there is no black and white about that whatsoever. So I think the, I think the intensity around what happened with Smith is so much because it was something that was, televised and that, that was seen him. and that is it's undeniable really different it's undeniable yeah exactly i also if you're if you're saying that is the same as you know weinstein polanski and all these things that's your yeah, first let's mistake not even go there of course because yeah. people are <laughs> no. definitely doing that they're oh, doing no 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 how about this and what's this i'm like no 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 just that's not what this is and thing here is that he's going to the same place where it happened it's the year after in exactly the same situation where this actually happened which is it just... is which, which is honestly why i thought that they would hold on to it a bit but, you know, like I said, they've got Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon next year. And that's yeah. is that that's decided. Be enormously... Both of those Scorsese's um, Killers of the Flower Moon and Ridley Scott's Napoleon, they are that's 2023. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. there was some debate. OK, 
So I want to run through the screenplays, director, and film. Yeah. Well, let's jump to screenplays. Adapted, also just some incredible movies. At the moment, you have Women Talking, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, The Whale, She Said, and White Noise in your top five. I haven't seen Women Talking, but it's one of the movies I cannot wait for. I think it's going to be a very powerful. Tell me about I. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzoir, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information. I thought it was amazing. It took me maybe five or 10 minutes to kind of get into the mode that it was um, because the, it does feel like a play. It's mostly takes place in this barn. It's only over a couple of days. It feels much longer, but it's really only a couple of days. Uh, so this is Sarah Pauly's adaptation of the book. It's, it's a group of Mennonite women basically facing up to the that they realized how they've been abused and raped and they're discussing and talking about how to deal with this correct is that a good way to describe it yeah it's uh it's based on a book by miriam toes and it it's um polly takes the the action from this missionary in bolivia and brings it to the united states and it's presented in a way where you know very little about the time period and the location and very intentionally because it feels like it could be the 20s or the 50s or the 80s or, or the 10s it's in it's it's really smart i mean you do find out and know what the time period is through something that happens, but which I imagine very intelligent. Think, yeah, I imagine that makes you think about it in a different way, sort of about the Me Too discussion. Abs absolutely, and that's it's it's one of its greatest strengths outside of the phenomenal performances from this ensemble. But um, this this category is pretty open, and I but I feel like this is a very clear win for Sarah Pauly here. We also have another, she said, the Harvey Weinstein journalists who uh, uncovered the whole Harvey Weinstein story. We have that there. I love that you have white noise here. Now, I really loved Noah Baumbach's. I know that it completely down the middle divided how people feel about Noah Baumbach's white noise. And I think everyone's going to come to my side eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing it this week, so I'm really, really excited. Um, but it's, again, it's a weird category because there's there's not a lot so yeah. it feels almost like a default choice um i mean i have top gun maverick in my top 10 because <laughs> there's just nothing else here that's how bleak this category is well let's go to original there we have fablemans um steven spielberg's again everything everywhere all at once you have at number two the banshees of Nishiran, triangle of sadness and bardo the false chronicle of a handful of truths i want to put banshees higher here <laughs> yeah i again this this might look very different once and i would move the, tar the new... up if you ask me and yeah and, i've got tar at number six and triangle of sadness down i'm 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 trying to figure it out i'm trying to figure it out i feel like like oslin really can have a moment an, an oscar moment with this movie his first english language um uh, his second Palme d'Or win. I I feel like it's it's a movie that will play 
very well with the academy this is a rich category mm-hmm. it is you banshees and and everything any everywhere are just so wildly creative both with plot and dialogue um bardo i have because again i don't feel as soft on it as others do uh inuritu is a four-time competitive winner plus a, a special oscar i mean nobody is is loved as much as him in this category even he has more oscars than spielberg does that's that's, so, like, that's pretty amazing you I know I just don't agree with you on this one. I would, I would have, <laughs> I'd have Tar up here. I think Tar is such an incredible. I mean, that screenplay is something else, as intense as as it is. Listen, listen Tar missing screenplay would be horrible to me. Yeah. I would hate that to happen. Predictions aren't wants though. It's not. It's not. I. I. I would. I would die if it did not get in. And if I was actually filling out my ballot, if it was actually was the night of, I would go for Banshees winning. I, th- I think the Banshees would take it. I think it's such an, um, it just goes right to the heart. And I think Spielberg would take direct. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it depends on, on what you're looking at, you know, best picture to be. If it's, if, if you're looking at the Fablemans, then, you know, it makes sense that it would possibly get in here if you're looking at everything everywhere then that would make sense here i know there are people that think banshees has a lot of winning potential in multiple categories uh, then that would have to be here but it, as exciting as this category is it's really only one of those three so it's only, it's only one of those three well let's go to director then go ahead and you read your top five for director uh okay i've got spielberg for the fableman sarah Polly, women talking inuritu for bardo oslin for triangle of sadness and the daniels for everything everywhere all at once mm, that's a little change from the one you had interesting so <laughs> you is. don't have mendy's anymore and you don't have chazelle mendy's is is dropped way down uh, for September, he's at number twelve. Chazelle is just down to number six again. I'm, you know, part of. I'm just sort of feeling a little off about it. So, like, you know, something is something's not feeling right, and I don't know if it is instinct or craziness. I don't know. And you don't have Todd Field. I can't. I, that's for Char. I mean, talk about narrative. First movie in 16 years, this incredibly difficult production. Intricate, I should say. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I'm, he... I mean, Triangle of Science. I can't... I won't talk about Triangle because I'll be pulled into the town square in Stockholm if shot, and if I tell you what I <laughs> <laughs> No, plenty of, but, pe- plenty of people don't like it. And yeah, that, you know... The level of intricacy in Tar... I so I mean both Field and McDonough moved up from August to September, and you know it might look a little different again in in the coming week. And yeah, I'm I'm a little outside the the norm with my Oslin predictions, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> you should be. I'm, I'm okay with of, it. I, I'm I'm all right with it. Basically, are you? It feels very much that this is Spielberg's year. It 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 does. It feels a, almost such a little a personal too personal movie. Yeah, it feels almost a little too like early obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, early front runners have had a very difficult time here, um, and and until we you know we get to like the real seasons, and nothing's real until like January anyway. This is this is all just kind of. Mm-hmm. the the, the playtime this is the foreplay uh and we will things will start coalescing more in january but it, it feels right right now do you feel like he took a risk because he premiered the fablemans in toronto which everyone was really surprised about because he usually never does the festival circuit but are you saying that that was too early that it could no i don't think so i don't think that it was too early i think it was a great idea um and his first time at that festival they're obviously want it to be huge it's closing afi i i think and it has an interesting release strategy. It's getting a limited release before it's wide, and it's a Spielberg movie. So I'm I'm really curious about that, about how that's going to work out. 
Interesting. Because they're, they're going to want those really juicy box office numbers, you know, from New York and L.A. when it opens on the 11th. And then it's going wide on the 23rd, right, for Thanksgiving. And everybody's going to be kind of angling for that that Thanksgiving money. Um, so we'll see. I do think it has to be modestly successful. Mm -hmm. um, West Side Story last year was a, a pretty big box office disaster in those terms. And it didn't hurt him, you know, getting in picture and director and DeBose winning. So I I think it I think it will do better than West Side Story, um, and yeah I I do feel like he is a front runner. If it's not Polly, then yes. And obviously Polly being a front runner and winning and having three women oh, that'd be amazing. Three in, women a row, in a row that's that's kind of that's its own Oscar narrative that that we are looking at from the outside, but I think they are absolutely thinking it from the inside. Mm -hmm. And I know some people think that. Voters don't think like that. Some of them do, some of them don't. But they are aware of their own history. Well, let's do best picture then. Or your predictions for September at the moment are The Fablemans, Women Talking, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Bardo, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, The Whale, and Glass Onion. So I have to ask you just off the top, I see a lot of people predicting Top Gun among the 10. But not you at the moment. No, it's I I reluctantly even have it at 15, which is up from just being in the other contenders list. I am I'm not on I'm not on that train. I'm not on that that jet fighter yet. <laughs> I know that it made seven hundred million dollars. Many movies did. People are looking at all of these potential blockbusters, Black Panther, Avatar, all getting in. And also and, in and how badly the Oscars are going in terms of viewership. There's yeah. more and more discussion on bringing these movies up. No, you don't think so anyway. No, because it's demonstrably provable that it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Joker made a billion dollars. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody made almost a billion dollars that did not boost ratings and they both won multiple oscars that is not what brings people into the show it is not blockbusters and people keep saying that it is but <laughs> it's proven every year that it's not um yes i do think that movies that are nominated that the majority of people that haven't seen them yeah there is a lack of interest there because what do you have to root for if you haven't seen something but we're talking about the way that the television audiences are just fractured anyway uh with with viewership and definitely award shows do not provide enough different ways to watch things that are closer to how people consume their their media anyway uh you know sometimes people don't even want to watch uh an award show they'll just watch the speeches the next day on youtube so there's all these there's all these factors that are actual real factors and it's not oh my god if we nominate top gun uh we're gonna get 25 million viewers no you're not it's just not how it is but that is all coming around to why don't i have top gun <laughs> my best <laughs> well, picture awesome. like others do um again i'm happy to be on the outside of that if i am late to that party i'm fine with that too i'm sure it'll get a pga nomination i there's no way that it's not mm -hmm. the producers um, get a little yes i i think that's fine um i think it'll be fascinating to see what the golden globes do considering tom cruise gave back his three globes yeah uh we'll get to that but yeah there's actually there's a lot of, of things Yes, there's several. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're how sure are you about the Fablemans at the moment? Again, see? just the same the same way that I am about Spielberg and director. It is uh, kind of a default pick right now. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on how you think things benefit from that preferential ballot or not. I know a lot of people that have everything everywhere uh, at number one. Then That's others okay are with like, me. <laughs> it's totally okay with me too. 
Um, others feel like it's too weird. And oh my God, there's flying dildos. Are old Academy voters going to vote for flying dildos? Sure. They voted for a woman having sex with a fish monster. <laughs> so tell me where the disconnect is with, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's so funny that, you know, we can go from the shape of water in, in 17 to green book in, in 18 and go, this is basically the same group of voters. How is this happening? Well, this year they'll have dildos and vomit and... <laughs> oh my God, for real. I want to end up here and talk about the, the Golden Globes were canceled effectively um, because of a whole bunch of scandals, literally no diversity within the group. There was a lot of economic issues and everything. They were canceled. Then all of a sudden we hear that NBC will be airing. They have a one-year contract and they'll be airing this year. There's a handful of things that are big question marks here. One is... Of course, Brendan Fraser, who is, as you mentioned many times, he's taking every award in every award show. One of the reasons why he left the industry was that it was actually the head of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that he's accused of sexually harassing him, um, who's, of course, not the head anymore, but still. <laughs> then we have Tom Cruise, who gave his three Golden Globes back. I mean, there's several really big players in this year's award season. What are they going to do? What do you make of it? Will other stars come? Will people just go la di da and show up for their chance to, you know, show themselves ahead of the Oscars? So here, here's here's my my take on that. Um, and it is fascinating that NBC gave them a one year kind of testing run on it which is really going to be about ratings and star power because mm -hmm. the globes are still do very, very well as, as other, you know, shows have kind of dipped quite a bit. It's done pretty well because people do enjoy the, the intimacy, the drunkenness, the um, Ricky Gervais, the Ricky Gervais of it all. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, sh it's definitely a show where the host can make or break it in a way that sometimes the Oscars aren't exactly. Um, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, amazing Globe hosts. Mm -hmm. um, and it turns basically the show into a roast. And viewers like that. Viewers like their stars and they like idolizing them, but they also like seeing them put in their place. It's such a fascinating <laughs> relationship that viewers have with with actors here take it's, your prize and we whip you in <laughs> absolutely let's 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 have some measured response here um and i i think if they get a great host it it's it's going to be a lot of fun but i also don't think that nbc would have said yes without the guarantee from studios and publicists that and they're sending their people that people will be there mm -hmm. uh so i feel pretty secure that the majority of people that they nominate are going to show up tom cruise brendan fraser included um there's no doubt that there will be or have been talks already between his team and the and the brass at the HFPA. Um, they are split now into two totally different groups. There is the nonprofit uh, philanthropic organization, and there is the the one that only does the show now. So they are different things. And, and so they have made several <laughs> amendments and adjustments that come when we start getting closer, they will present and people will feel more comfortable with going that changes have actually been made. For sure. Um, they doubled their their member group from like less than 100 and they added another 103. And so there's going to be more visibility and transparency and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think any of this would have happened without a guarantee that the the publicists and studios that pulled out of the globes and said we're not sending any of our people there 
uh, and that caused them to do their private party version of it last year. Right. Um, Strange <clears throat> reading of the facts. <laughs> yeah. Thing. yeah. Which was not, you know, uh, uh, shown or televised or streamed or anything like that at all. That that is that's in place. There's no way that it's not. It's still a business uh, bottom line. And for NBC, you know, they have held the rights to the Globes for many years and have many years to come. And it's an expensive one. It's like $60 million. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they And they it also goes to... to show how important this is, the, how the studios and the publicists, I mean, the importance that it is to get their clients at the Globes and winning and showing them making speeches. And I mean, it has historically had such an impact. Very much so. And and I think they're for viewers, forgive and forget. <laughs> yeah. Controversy will attract viewers more than oh, God, a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of other things. So I think the viewership for the upcoming Globes will be pretty big. I feel like it's going to be big regardless of the movies. I, I do think they need a good host. I think they've really got to get somebody that's and they are going to roast the shit out of the Hollywood Foreign Press. Ricky Gervais is a, like lined up, I think. I mean, can you imagine? I, I thought he there? just said on I thought he just said on Twitter that he that he wouldn't do it. Okay, <laughs> it's almost too obvious, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll get Chris Rock to do it. <laughs> oh my god, that's it. That's what they're gonna. That do. That would be funny. That would be funny. That would be that's funny. That's what they're going to do. That's probably already set. That's NBC knew that. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they have to get a good host um, that can roast really well. But yeah, I think it's going to be a successful show. I feel like it will. Will you do the recap with me the day after? I, I might. I might be there. That would be yeah. so much fun. See, you forgive and forget. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a part of the industry, which means I'm a part of the problem as well. So yes, I you yes, know, I always knew that. <laughs> it's uh, obvious. I think I think when you're when you're talking about these things, you have to be able to talk about them from the point of view that that we are right now, uh, with acknowledging everything that's wrong with it too. You have to be able to to give it, give it some balance and give yeah. it some equal measure. With those words, Eric, thank you so much. It was so much fun to talk to you again. I can't wait to see where this goes and to talk to you again. Me too. I'm so glad to be back. It's been a minute. It has. And thank you so much to the listeners for listening with us again this week. This is Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey, hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.